This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We are working our way through our position group power rankings as we navigate this offseason here on the Steelers Standard. We've done quarterback, we've done running back, we've done wide receiver. So naturally that leaves the tight end group. And before we get into our rankings, has there been a position in the NFL that has gone through such a evolution more than the tight end position? No, I don't think so. Because this was someone who was essentially meant to be a six offensive lineman who could catch balls for you. And now <laughs> right. And now it's well said. Now essentially on some teams the tight end is pass catcher number 1. Travis Kelsey. Right. Mar- yeah, exactly. If Debo Samuel is out in San Francisco, George, George Kittle. Kittle. Yeah, I mean Kyle Pitts. Oh, Kyle we, Pitts for we sure. See what Drake London right. is in Atlanta. So no question about it, man, and there's such a mismatch when it comes to trying to defend them in this league. I mean, teams now have to draft players to specifically shut down tight ends. I mean, that's what Edmonds was picked for the Steelers. I mean, remember what they said about Edmonds when he picked him? This guy's going to be here to stop Gronk. Like, obviously we chose him for other reasons, but a main one was he's big and he's fast, Uh so he can stop the big and fast tight ends that we have in this league. And if you don't have guys on the defense that can match the size of these freaks, you're in trouble, man. You are going to get torched to the tune of Darren Waller catching, what was it, like 18 catches against the Ravens on that Monday Night Football game yeah. last year? Like, You're going to get gashed because they make their money in the middle of the field, and unlike wide receivers, they ain't afraid to go over the middle of the field at all because wide receivers go over the middle of the field, that's usually a death sentence for guys like Gronk, for guys like Waller, for guys like Kelsey. They're going over the middle of the field and they're saying, please come and try and hit me safety. Please come and right. try and hit me cornerback. Because if you're not a linebacker hitting me, you're bouncing right off of me. Absolutely. But it's too bad for the Steelers who tried to really be one of the first teams to counter a tight end threat like Gronk. And Edmund's not a bust, but it's not his role. Listen, Shazier would have put Gronk oh, into, yeah, the, for sure. into the walls of Jericho, figure four leg lock. He would have had him tapping out like crazy if he was healthy, but unfortunately, we all know how tragically how tragically the career yes. of Ryan Shazier had to end. But let's get into our rankings. Do you have a little OLIs that you want to talk about before we get the outside looking in? I got to show to get it's 10 guys. It's tough to get 10 guys. I got a couple guys. I think these guys are going to be on your list and you're going to get think, mad at me. I but, think the more interesting conversation would have been how many of these guys would have booted uh, receivers on your top 10 list if you wanted to make a top 10 pass catcher list. I think at least the guys that are in my top two Two. would for sure. Maybe top three. Maybe top three. I'm not sure about that yet. But then you have to feel comfortable getting rid of two of your bottom top 10s. Would you be able to would you be able to do that? I don't know because those are some pretty good wide receivers as well. That's what I'm saying. But Here's some guys that I had on my outside. You'll okay. probably have them on the inside of your list. Because it's such me. a crapshoot when you kind of get beyond. Dallas like, Goddard. Yeah, he's in my top 10. I had him just outside, and this guy had it 11. You should have put him in front of the guy I have at 10. Hometown bias. Mike Kosicki from Miami. Oh, I definitely put him in my top 10. Yeah, I mean, Kosicki's good. He's got potential. But, man, you know what I found out when I was going through this list? What's that? There's a lot of good tight ends in the NFL. I mean, the elite are the elite, but the as elite far are... as the middle of the pack go, there's, yeah, there's a pretty a lot solid middle. middle of the yeah, pack there. That's why I'm saying it, you could – I don't think that Tyler Higby's I... another decent outside looking yeah, in from, sure. from L.A. And um, 
I would have said Ozama if he would have stayed in Cincinnati as, I don't know as an outside-looking-in guy. Ben, this is a guy who wasn't traded. He he, he said, I'm going to bet. I want to play on the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not so bad of an investment considering how good of a draft they the had. The checks are going to clear. That's, yeah. At least I can say that for Ozama. All right, but let's get to our top 10, and I'm going to start at number 10. Go and for it. This is the guy I put in, probably shouldn't have, but I did over Gusecki just because I love him. But Pat Fryermuth comes in at number 10 for me. And what a what a first of all, there's two rookies from last year's class in the top ten already on my list. Yeah. And that's an insane class for tight ends. I'll tell you this, Tom. I got two guys in my top seven. Who are who in are the rookie class. So there's Fryermuth's gonna be up a little bit higher on your list, but this was a phenomenal rookie season for the kid. And I think Matt Williamson has said this to me so many times on the podcasts we've done together. Tight ends develop later than anything at, at this sport. You know, they're the position group that, you know, they don't become the dominant force until four or five years into the league. That's been the case for Kelsey. You know, Kelsey wasn't that great when he first started. George Kittle wasn't great. George Kittle wasn't it, that great when he first started. They, they come into their own at that position group. But when it comes to Fryermuth, like, he was, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say the best weapon they had in the passing game consistently consistently yeah Deontay brings a lot more to the table and Chase is obviously a freak physically but but Ben was able to get was consistent all year long think about this Fryermuth is a rookie two times the game was on the line the Steelers were in the red zone they needed to score a touchdown not just get points on the board to tie it. They were down by more than three, so they had to get into the end zone in order to win the game or get ahead. And two times, Ben went to to, to Fryermuth. The first time it worked. The first time was against the Browns, and he had that miraculous back-of-the-end-zone bobbled catch that he came down with. Won the game for them eventually. The second time was against Minnesota, last play of the game, or last offensive play for the Steelers. And again... Harrison Smith just made the better play. But still, that's two times with a game on the line. Ben went to his tight end, his run, before he went to Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson or Juju. I don't know. It says a lot. Juju wasn't playing, I think, in either of those games because so, he, he, he got, got hurt, hurt early on. It says a lot. It says a lot when you have that much. When a Hall of Famer has that much faith in a rookie at the tight end spot and that Ben Fryermuth connection would have been fun to watch if Ben was five years younger. But yeah. a last picket picket to Fryermuth, Trubisky to Fryermuth, we shall see. But either way, that's Little, a really good weapon for a young quarterback to have. Absolutely. I mean, I'll talk about him more later because uh, as I teased, he's a little bit higher. So for my number 10, someone you left off, your, t- your top 10, Dallas Goddard. Uh, someone who I put, I put him over... The guy he replaced in Philadelphia, really? Zach See, Ertz. I have Ertz coming up on my list. See, Zach Ertz had a really good season this year. Yeah, but for the last like three or four years, he really fell off. I mean, he was he was maybe that had to do with Philly falling off. Though. He was what we now put in that upper echelon tier of top tight ends with Kittle and Kelsey and Andrews. He was in that yeah. right for a, a small window, but he still burst up onto there. the scene before some of those guys. Too. That's what I'm saying. He he came before. But then he really kind of fell from grace, and it easily could have been, Tom, that it had to do with Philly's overall fall from grace after their Super Bowl win. But I do like what he did in Arizona. Mm -hmm. However, I do like equally what Dallas Goddard was able to do in Philly. Yeah, Goddard, I'm not going to argue with you on Goddard. He's a, a phenomenal tight end, and it was good for Philadelphia to be able to move on from someone like Ertz and have someone like Goddard just fill in that role immediately. That, that, yep. that role. And they're, again, another quarterback that's young in Philly 
He's got a lot of weapons now with Smith and Brown to deal with it. Probably will be a little bit comforting to have at least a safety blanket there in Dallas Goddard. Speaking of guys who play for teams named Dallas. I also have the the Dallas Cowboys at number nine. Yeah. Bad. We were, you had a good transition there and I kind of fell. (laughs) Dalton Schultz, number nine, you know, that's a guy that you don't think to put on your top 10 list until you do a little bit of research and see his numbers from last year and see what, you know, the vibe is about him around the league. And then you realize there's no way you can keep him off your top 10 list. And he's got a great offense around him. And that probably allows him to have the success that he does when you're paying so much attention to the Coopers and the CD lambs and Zeke coming out of the backfield. You can kind of overlook Dalton Schultz a little bit. Um, now that Cooper's gone, though, and they've lost a lot in that wide receiver core. Well, yeah, they lost Cedric Wilson. They re-signed Michael Gallup. I, I kind of feel like they're putting a lot of eggs in the basket here of Dalton Schultz and saying, can you take that step and be a Mark Andrews kind of player where you're our second target, you're our first target ever for, for red zone stuff? I mean, I, I think that that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. And sure. I, I mean, don't know did. if it's necessarily the wrong move because, again, Schultz has shown you that right. he's, he's got the ability at the position. They did go out and draft in the third round Jalen Tolbert, who's someone that we were keeping our eyes on in the mid-rounds for the Steelers pot- potentially taking a third-round receiver. I'm happy with the guys the Steelers got, but Jalen Tolbert was, so, was certainly someone on our radar at that position. But I agree with you. I mean, I think it, the writing was kind of on the wall when you allowed – uh, both Cedric Wilson and Amari Cooper to leave to say Dallas Goddard. We feel ca- we feel comfortable with him being one of our top three pass catcher uh, recipients. Number eight, I had Zach Ertz, who you left off okay. of your list, but um, I I still think, like you said, he really showed that he still has it when he yeah. went to Arizona last year. And guys, been there, done that, won a Super Bowl. Not many people on that Arizona roster can say that. I don't know how many can. I mean, their leader. Chandler Jones is now off that team. He never won a Super Bowl. With New England? I don't think he did. He might have. Everybody won a Super Bowl with New England. (laughs) Right. But either way, I mean, J.J. Watt is their veteran leader, and he's been to what, like one conference championship game in his career in Houston? So, like, not much experience when it comes to winning and winning in December and playing in January football, but Zach Ertz has it, and I'm interested to see if a full offseason of work with the Arizona Cardinals not only helps establish a better rapport with him and, and Kyler Murray, but maybe you know he can get that message across on what it takes to play a full, complete 18-week season where the Cardinals seem to only be playing about 12-week seasons lately. And you have to think, too, Tom, Maybe he'll come onto the scene a little bit louder than you would expect it in the first six weeks with DeAndre Hopkins not being a, a pass catcher available for Kyler Murray. So I don't know who the other guys are because I know they lost Christian Kirk to Jacksonville. They did sign, uh, they did trade for Marquise Brown, but I don't really know the other names on that Arizona Cardinals team as as term as far as pass catchers go. No, you're absolutely right. They're going to have to really find. Um, somebody else to pick up that slack right. when it comes to Hopkins being out for so long. And Ertz is someone that I think can. By the way, Chandler Jones did win that Super Bowl when it was Malcolm of Butler. Of you, lo- you lost him. If you play for the Patriots for a four-year period, you're going to win a Super Bowl. You lost him. <laughs> so now Zach Ertz might very well be one of the very few people on that team that has Super Bowl playing and winning experience. Anyways, I number eight, someone you mentioned who left off of your top ten, I had Mike Gusecki. 
at my number eight. Wow, okay. I think he's a very good splash player. This is also someone, Tom, that kind of falls into that that narrative that you and Matt Williamson like to talk about of guys kind of coming onto the scene a little bit later. He's now entering his fourth or fifth year in the league. That's right around the time where you start to see those tight ends really emerge. And I think that, especially with this offense, Tom, think about it. Two are throwing the ball. And now you have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill being extremely radar pass catchers yep. on the ends of the of the of the field. That could leave Mike Asecki. That could lead to a big season for him. I really liked what he did this past year. I just think again, you don't really know the type of season he had unless you look into it, similar to what we said about Salton Schultz. This could be a very high potent offense, and Mike Asecki could be a big factor of that. Number seven, I am going to Detroit. Wow. And I am picking TJ Hawkinson. TJ. You forgot about TJ no, Hawkinson. No, not TJ. I didn't forget, but. But he's not on your top he's ten. He's not on my top ten. Because <laughs> you forgot. I wouldn't say I he's forgot. He's really good. I he's mean, good. He's good. Yeah, he he's such a forgotten kind of piece, though, because yeah. of where he's playing in Detroit. Exactly. But and he, his he's, quarterback he's the only is a good player not playing the running back position on that No, offense. I think that rookie, Amon St. Oh, Brown. Yeah. Uh, Amon yeah, 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 yeah. Ross St. Brown. Brown torched the Steelers when they played. Yeah, I, it torched a lot. I mean, he had a really good rookie year. Are the Lions good? Like, kind of <laughs> good? <laughs> Dan Campbell is They're just building, that though. They're building. Yeah. But, I, I okay, TJ, maybe I forgot about you. But what there's, I there's one of your outside looking ins that you you were looking. Yes, for. would I have put TJ as high as number seven? Possibly. Yeah, I I would say I could maybe bump out Dallas Goddard for TJ. for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, I mean, again, I think this is a guy that if he moves on to another team soon, or if the Lions do build something, get a quarterback in there and become good, a name you'll heal a lot more in households than yeah. just in the greater Detroit, Michigan area. Uh, my number seven, some guy we already mentioned. Again, a little home field bias going on. Pat Fryermuth. I mean, I think it speaks very highly that we even have him in the conversation as a top ten tight end. Yeah. And he's only a rookie. And now maybe with Matt Canada's offense, with a younger quarterback playing at that leading that offense, could very well see Pat Fryermuth, even though he had a really good rookie year, taking another huge step in just his second year in the league. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's going to take a big step, I too, do too, because I think Pickett or Trubisky, they're going to be 100% zeroed in on him as their sure. guy. That's That makes sense to me. Number six, I felt weird putting him here because we don't really even know if he's going to play this year, but I still got Rob Gronkowski, okay. Gronkowski checking in at number I six. I got him at number five. I think I left him out of my top five just because of the is he or is he not going to play. Sure. But in the same, we did an episode about free agents that are still out there. If you hadn't checked that out, check it out wherever you get your podcast. But we talked about Indama Kong Su and how the Buccaneers said that they don't feel like they're going to come back with him. In the same kind of article I read that they're pretty strongly feeling like they're going to bring Gronk back. If Brady's playing, Gronk's playing. That's kind of the assumption that I have. Right. And you saw that. Despite the fact that he is a completely broken down version from what he was in his prime in New England, that's a guy that still gets you two touchdowns a game if you need to. That's a guy that's still going to get you a big third down conversion if you have to. That's a guy that's still capable of a five catches for 100 yards type of game. Again, like we said in the past about guys like Joe Hayden, when great players get older, they don't stop being great. Their great moments just become fewer and farther between. I think you see that with Gronk, and I think the Tampa Bay has set up that offense so... 
he doesn't have to be great all the time. You right. Know, a Gronk game once every four games is enough to get by. I mean, 50, cat, 50 plus catches for 800 plus yards and six touchdowns. That's really, really solid stuff. At his old age, as a tight end, at his old all age, the, with all the injuries, all the hits. He's got yeah. a giant elbow brace right. on. I mean, he's got that's like his. Everywhere. That's like his. His. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the word, but everyone recognizes that arm brace. The signature. As, as, yeah, the Gronk, signature the arm, arm brace. brace. Right. So, yeah, he's still at number six for me. Yeah, and... he's my number five guy, okay. but my number six guy, Darren Waller. Mm, wow, I have Waller up higher on my list. Okay. I like Darren Waller. I think it was a little a little bit of a down year for him. I think injuries came into a factor much more than they ever had before in his career. But Things are now, open up now this now year. Now, when you have Devontae Adams mm, throwing mm, the mm. ball, taking targets away. You're you the can... number two now, not the number one. But also, I think that opens up the field. Like the re- the same agree. way I made the argument for Mike Gusecki having benefiting from Tyreek Hill, I think Darren Waller could easily benefit from having uh, Devontae Adams. This could be the Hill-Kelsey kind yeah, of absolutely. punch this year with Waller Absolutely. I mean, think about it. Devontae Adams was the only guy in Green Bay this is the first, this is the best receiving pair he's had in his entire career, is it not? Yeah, it is. No no question about that. So your number five was Rob Gronkowski. Uh-huh. My number five was the highest drafted tight end in the modern era Ooh. of the NFL draft. I have Kyle Pitts coming in at number five. The fact he had a thousand yards receiving last year, I believe. He did. He, he barely is, got it. I think it was like ten. Let me look for it. It was ten twenty six. That is remarkable. You know for the, that kind of offense. You know what's more remarkable is that he only had one touchdown. Yeah, I mean the Falcons suck. So I mean, but but you would think someone you'd as think Matt Ryan would be throwing him the ball at the red zone a lot. Yeah, but man, he is an absolute stud in the making. And again. If it takes a couple years for tight ends to really reach their prime, I do not want to see what this guy looks like in a couple years because, I, like I just said, I think he's already top five and he's only been in the league for one season. So I'm guessing Kyle Pitts is a little higher on your list than if I don't think not much, him, not much higher. Left but, him off though. But I, mean, I did say my number five was Gronk. Yep. My number four, Kyle Pitts. There you go. And I mean. I knew you couldn't have left him off of your list completely. He's I think just, he's just such a don like. I think There's, the top six guys are, are definitively are the top six. There's so much pressure on being the highest drafted tight end in the modern era. Right. And to come out and meet that pressure within a thousand, that's just phenomenal stuff from Kyle Pitts. So. Absolutely. And I just feel bad because I think Marcus Mariota is a step down from Matt Ryan. Oh, absolutely. So just because he had a really good rookie season doesn't mean he was going to have an even better sophomore year. Number four. Does that worry you at all? That he's going to have a better sophomore year? Oh, no, or a, a worse, worse. Um, because of Mariota throwing the ball. Yeah, but I wouldn't put too much stock into it as far as his future is concerned. No, not at all. But maybe is Atlanta the best place for you to play? I don't know. I think it could be if they get a quarterback. If, if, in if they take a city down there. But we I did mean, just say in our previous episode they floated at seven and ten last year. You don't envision them being significantly worse this year in order to get one of a, a top five or a top six picks overall to get one of those quarterbacks. Granted, there could be like as many as six or seven quarterbacks going in the first round next year. There's that many yeah, that are that there's good. There's that many that are good. Number four, I got George Kittle from San Francisco checking Ooh. in at number four. For me. Um, kind of an off year for him last year, but when he was healthy, he made that offense work for the Niners as much as Debo Samuel did. I mean, you couldn't have really just the one or the other kind of thing. You needed both, and... Again, Kittle is just such a monster and does so much for that Niners team. It looks like he's 
dragging his corpse across the field when it comes to the fourth quarter sometimes in these games. But, man, is he so important to that offense. He's so tough. And I mean, that bet, that play he had a couple years ago in New Orleans. He's really mean, Remember, he too. He's just like, stiff on Yeah, like, I yeah. was going to say, I don't know. I mean, there's bigger tight ends than him, but I don't know if there's one I'd be more scared tough. to tackle than yeah. George Kittle. He he's seems so crazy. Angry. He seems crazy, too. Like, he just seems like a crazy person. He was my number three, so I'm guessing Waller is your number three. Waller is my number three. Okay. That's right. Which I'm okay with. Again, like, these are the top six guys definitively, and then everyone else is everyone else. Just based off of the season last year, again, Waller was a little more hurt. Uh, Kittle was hurt, too. Kittle was hurt, but he had a he had a better season than he did, I think, two years ago, and he was significantly more hurt. Again, I just think it's a really good— uh, they're, they're both very good. They're both <laughs> very really good. Moral <laughs> of the story, these are some damn good tight ends right These here. are a tight end that, as a Steeler fan, you're not super envious of because you still have a guy in Pat Fryermuth, but you would love to have a George Kittle. You would love to have, have a, a Darren Waller. Waller. I'm guessing two and one are going to be the same. Yeah, so two is Andrews, Mark Andrews okay. and one is Travis Kelsey. Because Andrews had a great year this I year. I had the best do, year of his career Doing this some year. research for these power rankings, I saw a couple other you know position rankings for like fantasy numbers and stuff like that, and a couple people had Andrews over Kelsey. I think that's a little foolish, mainly because now Kelsey's become number one well, let's by see. far. Well, I let's mean. see. Because Andrews essentially has been the number one That's guy true. in That's Baltimore. True. That's a good Let's point. see if Kelsey can do it in Kansas City. I think he can. Uh, I think he I can think too. He can but too. now it's, I mean, Andrews, even though he was the number one guy, people still weren't able to stop him. Andrews he was is that younger good. than Kelsey too. This is the first time Kelsey, when by the time he's reached his peak, right? Because he came into the league a couple years before Tyreek Hill did. He had to play with him, but he wasn't. He wasn't the Travis Kelsey that we knew. When he was in the league Anything as a rookie. size-wise, skill-wise, like right. he was. He just wasn't the same guy. This is the first year of his career where he's the Travis Kelsey that we know, and he'll be playing without Tyreek Hill. And I still think he's going to eclipse 1,000 yards, and he's still going to be top five in receiving, maybe. Well, if they Not go out, if the ends. Chiefs go out and sign Odell, then it's all that could really open it up. Or the Ravens, too. I mean, both of these teams should be looking to complement their yeah. tight ends. With no, both of these guys could, could benefit greatly if Odell is added to their team. I still, I give Kelsey the nod at number one, though, because... Sure, you have to. I just don't He's understand how he gets so open over the middle of the field. And here's the, a, here's the play a, that was running through my mind when I gave him that was the game-winning game touchdown winner. against the yeah, Chargers absolutely. where he just took it to the house uh-huh. and then he went nuts in the absolutely. end Absolutely. That was, so that was awesome. his highlight by easily of this of this year. I have a question, though. At their primes, who are you taking, Gronk or Kelsey? Probably Gronk still. Yeah, you think so? I think Gronk's the best tight end to ever play the game when he was in his prime. Yeah, he was just... But Kelsey's got a chance to catch up, right? Like, he's, he's still... Got years in front of him where he sure. can put up those 15 He's touchdown made an all-pro team each of the last six years. He's bounced back and forth. 2016 first, then second in 2017, back to first in 2018, down to 2019 at second, up to first in 2020, down in 2021. He with was tra- second last year? I'm guessing Mark Andrews was number eh. one. I said Mark Andrews had Dumb. his best year. He did have his best year last year. But if 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 this is any indication of where he'll go this year— He'll probably bounce one, right baby. back up to number one. Just like we have him on our power rankings. That'll do it for this edition of the Steelers Standard. 
Thanks, as always, for giving us a listen. Only one more group to go on the offensive side of the ball, and that's the unit of the offensive line. So we'll get into that power that's ranking. That's going to be a hard one. That's really hard. That's why I saved it for last. So we'll get into that power ranking soon. And then, of course, we flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. So a lot more positional rankings to go as we work our way through the offseason. But that's going to do it for us today. Always appreciate you guys listening. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and this has been the Steelers Standard.